lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And Merry Christmas. And for the final time in 2020, welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Aaron McIntyre. You're Todd Erzin. And you are you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook on our new MeWe page, at Steve Dace. On Twitter, you can follow us, at Steve Dace Show. Over on the free speech alternative to Twitter, Parlor. Follow us there, at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. You can also check out my new book, A Nefarious Carol, yes, you can hit the buy button on Amazon.com again. Some of you have asked, hey, are, are you getting shadow banned there now? No, I'm not. Um, in this case, what has happened is you guys have bought a lot of books and the system underestimated how many of these books we were going to sell uh, and is trying to catch up. So Merry Christmas to all of you. And the Dace children. All right. So thank you very much. The Audible book has been ranked among the top 100 books overall on Audible at times here in its very first week. So uh, we are very, very pleased with how the new book is going. It is the sequel to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot. Now that he is confident that his demon general, Lord Nefarious, has dismantled America, the enemy himself has decided the time has come to turn America into his own launching pad for the final stage of his master plan, and that is to make America the country that gives the world his antichrist. But for that to occur, he needs a mate. He needs a woman who willingly gives himself to her. Otherwise, the ritual will not be successful. He cannot impose himself on her. He cannot intentionally deceive her. Of course, it's the enemy, so he's deception incarnate. But, I mean, he can't go out of his way to trick her. He has to woo her of her own free will. A young woman, desperate and alone in a motel room one night, has to agree to become the bride of Satan. And over the course of one evening, you listen to this conversation, his attempt to woo this woman by using as a model one of the favorite books of her childhood, Dickens' A Christmas Carol. He walks her through her past, her present, and her future. And then at the end, she has a decision to make which would alter the course of all of mankind. That's right. We go from a child born in a barn in a stable, changing the course of human history, to the potential of a child conceived in a seedy motel room, maybe doing the same. And if you want to get your copy of the book, you can do that right now at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. It's back uh, in stock. You should be able to order it. Hopefully, there won't be too much of a delay now that the holiday crush, you know, we scheduled this for mid-December, so we could get all these orders in before the holiday crunch, and then more of you ordered it than they expected. So now we're kind of mired in the holiday crunch. I apologize for that. Everybody does. But um, thank you. I mean, the response to this book has been phenomenal. So thanks to all of you. uh, And uh, please keep those coming. And now we also enter the phase two. If you've had a chance to listen or read the book, keep those five-star reviews coming over at Amazon as well. The more of those we get helps for Amazon to think, hey, this is a book that we want to promote. So thanks very much for all of the support the book has received. Well, I mentioned at the top, this is our final show of the year. Several of you 
numerous people have sent us cards, gifts this year. Um, I, I just can't remember everybody's names. We have gotten so much of a response from a lot of you in our audience. And I think I speak for Todd and Aaron when I say thank you for every single one of, of those gifts. They, um, The fact that you took time out of your schedule to send us um, baked goodies or, or or music or other gifts, gift cards, um, just thank you to all of you. It, it, it really means a lot, and I think it goes to show the, the connection that we have with you here in our audience, a, a connection that was strengthened by this this incredible year that we had. And when we get done with our show today, our final overtime, instead of a best and worst of the week, it's going to be our best and worst of the year for 2020. So you can watch that today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's D-E-A-C-E. That's where you can go to get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV right now. And also where you can go later today, we're going to record it after the show. If you're already a subscriber, that's where you can go to watch it later today. But... I, I started thinking today, getting ready for the show, I, I don't know how the two of you, because uh, the tradition is Todd and Aaron get together and decide what are the top 10 stories of the year in order, and then I react to that, right? Um, I, I don't know how you would do a top 10 stories of this year. I mean, it, it it's like top 10 tribulations, Top 10 bold judgments of the year. I mean, were you guys, did you guys like when they opened up Abaddon or was your favorite um, when, uh, you know, all the earthquakes we had, right? I mean, it was that kind of a year. So I'm, I'm anxious to see this list. Are we ready to go? Aaron's your guy, but I, he, he did a fantastic job. I mean, he, he really takes point on this because I think he, in his mind, when he's thinking of the list, he's also thinking of, you know, the visual package of doing it. I think when I first looked at Aaron's list and then I made my contributions to it, the thing I was amazed at the most is how much of this stuff you actually kind of forgot. They belong yeah. in the top 10. Yeah. But like number eight was like, it happened so long ago or it's been buried by all the other stuff. That's what struck me. So let us begin. The top 10 stories of 2020. Here's number 10. Number 10 is what's a woman. Now, full disclosure, I thought about making each story just what's a woman, just a different you know, flavor <laughs> of what's a woman. But it's only appropriate that the top 10 stories of 2020 begins with lies and confusion about one of the most basic aspects of creation. Boys are girls, it turns out, and women are men. It started with the Super Bowl featuring numerous commercials with drag queens and transgendered people. It continued with breathless headlines about how coronavirus is taking an especially difficult toll on trannies. It went on with a march in Brooklyn at the height of the pandemic with tens of thousands of people called Black Trans Lives Matter. And it hit its crescendo for the year when a major party's presidential nominee, Joe Biden, now just moments away from being the president, saying it's pretty great that eight-year-olds would transgender themselves. Whatever the story was this year, we seemingly always had the transgender angle. I think it is... I, I think it is incredible that this is number 10. I mean, stop and think about what that says about what the next nine stories must be. We are devolving as a species in real time right now. I mean, our friend Phil Kirpin, 
uh, uncovered over the weekend that the epidemiologist who has modeled vaccine distribution for the CDC. Are you ready for this? Oh, I saw it. Is a gender non-binary defund the police activist who, according to his social media accounts, quote, is living on occupied land. Unquote. He's insane. He is he is literally insane. He is mentally ill. He is not he is he's 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 more than somebody whose politics we don't share. This is an individual that needs prayer and counseling at an intimate level. He is mentally ill. Mentally ill. And he is modeling vaccine distribution for the Centers for Disease Control. I mean, this is this is the first basic building block of civilization. He created them, male and female, in his image, Moses writes. He created them. It doesn't get any more basic than this. And the fact that under the undermining of it in real time is is this 10th story last friday man we did our days group year end i wasn't meta enough is what you're telling me if this is number well, 10 and i i said that tongue in cheek about thinking this would be number 10 9 8 because it is it yeah. is number 10 9 8 we, we live with it's a an rosetta stone swath of people yes who just do not and were working to undermine that you just uh, described there, Steve. It's what you said a lot throughout the course of the year, Todd, that if you're going to mess with nature or creation on this level, then why wouldn't you just mess with everything then? Why, Why would you accept any fact or any data point or any truth? That doesn't give you the outcome or the result that you want, right? Yeah, Everything is a negotiation at this point. The, the lockdowns or mostly peaceful, peaceful protests aren't any crazier than this. Right. They, they, right. This just opened same the people, barn door same wide. Same people pushing them both. But if if you're pushing that on gender, then yeah. stretching the truth in that magnitude no. is... It's what I've used to say for years about our pro-life um, legislative strategy of regulating abortion. Um, when the fetus can feel pain, when the woman is so far along, right? Mm-hmm. Well, who is reporting these conditions? Because it's we don't have a, a national prenatal registry and no one should support one, right? In the mm-hmm. right mind. And so who is often determining is the child at 19 weeks or 20, 23 weeks or 24? Is there a heartbeat? Was the woman raped or not? Who is who is doing the reporting in these cases? The people the, doing the, the people crime. that are going to do the kill. Mm-hmm. And so if you're already murdering, if you're murder incorporated, murder for hire, right? Then why in, why in the world would, would lying or distorting data, you know, um, why would that trouble your conscience when you get up and kiss your own kids, uh, you know, see you, see you this afternoon, sweetie, and then go to work and kill other people's kids, right? I mean, lying and distorting data would, would, is not really a big leap no. forward. In fact, that's that's kind of the JV team, right? Right. That's what you're saying about the gender issue, that if we're going to mess with nature and truth and creation at this level, then why wouldn't we just mess with it at every single level at that point then? No, and total, I, I, total chaos clearly wasn't possible until we got to that point. And I do think as, as heinous as the sin of abortion was, 
it was always connected to this thing called women's rights. And, and, and back at Roe v. Wade, we still knew what a man was, and we still knew what a woman, and even though that notion of that right being heinous, it's clear that there was something that still needed to be broken. And going forward, you started with the, pri- the primordial first truth, male and female, he created them. The fall, then, Cain and Abel came after that, the, that first murder. So we're moving back through time to get all the way back to the beginning. It wasn't just, Abortion wasn't enough. They had to keep plowing through and get to the first bit and now we're there that's what's chilling about this i've said before when my wife and i are going on our walks and and still trying to think about the normal of the future in the back of my mind is this we're all the way back we've destroyed the essence of what it means to be human you're at the mouth of madness is where you are yes yeah yeah all right number nine number nine UFOs are real. The Pentagon made nary a wave this summer when they officially released videos purportedly showing unidentified flying objects in videos taped years ago by U.S. jet fighters. The Pentagon officially called them unidentified aerial phenomena and admittance that they had no clue what they are. (laughs) This is... You know, I drove in here today and I've I've been having this inner dialogue with myself since I got up this morning, actually, getting mentally prepared to do this show, because normally by now we're on vacation by now. And so if, you know, truth be told here, we stretched this out another day just because I had a book coming out on December the 15th. Otherwise, this all would have been done last week. So I'm. I'm half of my body clock is like, Hey, aren't you supposed to be on your Christmas vacation? And the other half is like, I gotta get my mind ready to do this show. Right. And I mentioned here a few minutes ago, I don't know how you guys would come up with a top 10 list given the year that we have. And then you start questioning yourself. Like, is it really that big of a deal? Cause you're living through it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're living through it. And I mean, I remember what I remember exactly what transpired every moment of September 11th, 2001. Right. Right. But then I also remember like we we put off the NFL for a week and then games and college games and stadiums were full the very next week. Right. Yeah. And there was a huge push by the Bush administration at the time to return to normal as soon as we possibly could. Right. Yes. Uh, All right. And so we still had Christmas that year and a normal sports season and everything else. And. You stop and think, are we making too much of this? Are we blowing this out of proportion? Because we didn't live in other times. You know what I mean? Sure. And then I'm sitting here. We're 15 minutes into this show. And the first two stories looking back on the year are. We, we don't know what a gender is. We, we don't know what a woman is. And. After years and years and years of cover-ups, the government is now admitting that there is unexplained phenomenon and technology unknown as far as the limits of our knowledge to this planet that they can confirm exists in real time, right? Those are the first two issues, and they're 10 and they're 9. I lived through all of this. We covered all of these stories. It's our job. And even I am just like having, sitting here with you folks doing this show right now, like this is almost like an out of body experience. 
I cannot even imagine what those of you out there who have other wives and then you come to places like this to get informed, right? But, but your life doesn't revolve around this the way that ours does because it's our careers. I can't even imagine how you are receiving this because I'm just like, We're, we're two stories in, man, and I'm like, when's the trumpet sound? Am I blowing this out of proportion? No, I think that the danger is doing the opposite. The The return to quote-unquote normal is is very much being used as a drug to, to simply not either want to deal with it, which certainly isn't the case with many listeners uh, on this show, but there's plenty of others who just don't want to deal with it or, but just to simply not have the answers of how to deal with it with that. Yeah. Actually, I think describes the three of us in this room. Yeah. We like to think we were guys that can have answers. Yeah. I'm like, I, I just don't know. Like the, the way forward short of violence seems almost non-existent to me in many respects. Let's go to number eight. The eighth biggest story of this year would have been the biggest story in like two or three years in a previous time. Late last year, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to impeach President Donald Trump for abuse of power and obstruction related to his phone call congratulating a Ukrainian politician. Seems like a little bit of an overreaction. The articles of impeachment were submitted to the Senate on January 16th of this year, and Trump was acquitted on the on February the 5th. <laughs> I'm just like... Um, so, so far... We, we don't know we don't know what a woman is right we we may we, we we may be acknowledging little green man yeah interplanetary travel uh life outside of this planet yeah little green life non-gender specific I yeah, apologize uh, I you. overstepped yes thank you yeah um oh and guys yeah, for the uh, the third time ever in American history, we impeached a president. Like, I completely forgot about that. I forget about it all the time. And you, rem you remember, he'll be too young, but you remember the Clinton impeachment. Oh. How that was like the friggin' OJ trial oh, for yes. two years, yes. right? In fact, we kind of went right from the OJ trial, right? In, we got like a break in, in, for, a, in, in, for like a year after the OJ verdict. And then we went right like into the Monica Lewinsky, um, you know, Ken Starr probe, right? Yeah. And I mean, that was like an ordeal for like almost two years. Yeah. And I mean, it just seemed like everything was about that. You couldn't escape it anywhere you went. <laughs> this was just kind of like, yeah, they had to do it. I mean, you guys were, we were joking when they won the house, they were going to find something to have an impeachment vote. They had to do it right or their base is going to light themselves on fire. Right. So now impeachment is just a box we check. We just impeach people now just because yes. people in everybody's bases, certain just demand this, right? So we're just going to, everybody's getting impeached. It's just something we just kind of do now. 
You know, it's it's not the existential crisis that our founders intended it to be. It's just it's just par for the course, man. It's just it's just part of the partisan rancor. At least on one side, it is anyway. And this is to your point about you can't outdo the shamelessness of lying about gender. So then it's, I mean, they didn't even impeach him for the thing they wanted to impeach him on. Russian collusion totally, right. and they just right. reset. Let's, let's try this one anyways. It's it, And then the thing they ended up impeaching him on, which was very, that he yeah. was attempting to cull uh, information about, uh, you know, dig up yeah. uh, dirt on Biden family corruption yes. in exchange for taxpayer grift. That's what foreign yes. aid is, right? Taxpayer grift. In exchange for taxpayer grift that the Ukrainians would dig up dirt on the on Biden family corruption uh, to help Trump's reelect. Let's that try was the, actually true. Let's try the thing we know we're guilty of. Yes. Because the thing we made up that apparently nobody is guilty of right. didn't work. So he got, he got impeached for what for trying to get information on something that actually turned out to be at least true enough that the Department of Justice has been investigating it for nearly two years. Right? Yes. Yeah. And that and then that, that's that, not exactly Andrew Johnson, re, you know, reconstruction or Bill Clinton. Did I lie under oath on camera to a federal no. grand jury? Right. Not 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 exactly the, the, the stuff of drama. Did did President Trump attempt to gain knowledge of something that we found out later was true? Right. Yeah. That, that, am I, are we missing something, Aaron? Is there another angle to this? Not really. And those hearings. Oh, the the, no. the, the woman who looks like the librarian that you hate, and you know, yes. when, when we the sixth grade librarian you couldn't stand, who basically her entire testimony was she was just pissed that Trump doesn't listen to people like her. Yes. Uh, and when he makes foreign policy decisions. Yeah. He was, he's, he's, icky. she's kvetching, not testifying. She's kvetching. That's what she's doing. Yes. Right? Which set a nice president then for trying to unravel whether anything happened with this actual election uh and you see bill, you see bill barr announced today on his way out the door he's not appointing a special counsel for either voter fraud or hunter biden did you see that i did not that's all right man he played the back he played the bagpipes that one time right he dropped a drink of water on adam moran schiff so that was all cool right that's all we want that's all we want we just want we want clips and clicks yeah, we just want to own the libs. We don't actually want to defeat them in the arena of ideas. We just that's all we want. We just we want the political porn, man. They're out there taking casualties, taking casualties. And we just want we just want the porn. That's all we want. We want to jump on Fox Hub tonight. We want to hit our favorite political porn. That's what we want. Meanwhile, they're out there impeaching the guy for something that turned out to absolutely be true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Number seven. Qasim Soleimani killed on Finally January yeah, 3rd. In the middle of the night, Iranian General Qasim Soleimani was targeted and eliminated by a U.S. drone strike near the Baghdad International Airport. Soleimani had been one of the most effective propagators of death and violence in the Middle East aimed at America and her allies. Naturally, the American media's reaction to the news of his death was predictable, most notably with Martha Raddatz of ABC News breathless 
endlessly reporting from Tehran, Iran, about the quote-unquote profound and powerful display from the Iranian mourners, who of course were also chanting, death to America. And then later this year, another one was taken out, right? One of their, wasn't it one of their top nuclear scientists, Correct. I believe? Yeah. And then we had uh, uh, Brennan, our former head of the CIA, tweeting out to Iran, hey, we're sorry, soon there'll be a regime in place in America that actually favors Iran, right? That just happened like a month ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can connect this back to the first, the very first story. How are you going to keep a culture together when we don't know what a gender is and we can't even agree if Iran is bad, right? Yeah. How, how does, we can't agree on, we can have degree disagreements on how to, how to act on that fact, okay? Um, regime change, sanctions, right? you know what I'm saying? We can, we can disagree on how to act on that fact. And frankly, I have a different opinion than I would have had 10 years ago. I'd have been like regime change them all 10 years ago. But I react to data. And I saw how regime change did not work in Afghanistan, did not work in Iraq. So I would be more on a, I would be on a different tactical side now, which would be sanction them to the point of bankrupting them so their own people rise up and overthrow them. Not our problem. I wouldn't have been there 10 years ago. But you can change your mind about tactics. We're talking about fundamentals here. What is a gender? Is Iran bad? That's an argument. We're going to have that argument again next year if Joe Biden is sworn in. You get the third term of the, it's going to be the Obama, the Biden presidency. That's what it's going to be. It's the third term of Obama, essentially. And we're going to, he's going to try to take us right back to that Iran deal, I would guess. And I will be fascinated if that if that were to occur. I will be fascinated to see how a lot of Arab countries that have chosen normalizing relations with Israel this year over defending Iran against us. I will be fascinated to see how that works. I mean, are we going to live in a world now where the United Arab Emirates is tougher on Iran than the United States if if if, if Joe O'Biden is president? Right? What a strange time that would be Bahrain Bahrain is tougher on Iran than the United States I mean this would be we could be heading to that conversation at some point next year and this is a good segue for the sixth biggest story of the year piece in the Middle East. Israel, with the help of the United States, announced the normalization of diplomatic and domestic relations with several countries this year, starting in September with Bahrain, then the United Arab Emirates, then Sudan, Morocco and Bhutan. It was an historic year as perhaps the Middle East and the Arab world, recognizing the specter of Iran, starts to embrace a hang together or hang separately ethos of coexistence to me i think this is this is maybe the crowning achievement of the entire trump presidency is if on the if on the domestic side we are frustrated and you're seeing some of that frustration be validated by what bill barr said today he's not going to do but if we're frustrated on the on the domestic side, somebody tweeted this morning. I saw that when you know Trump needed to hire a lot more Rahm Emanuel's and he hired Lindsey Graham's instead. There's a lot of truth to that. But where he absolutely and successfully 
exposed the swamp is in foreign policy. It began with that speech in Riyadh back in 2017, and then they took a year to figure out they needed to fire Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State. And then once they did, Mike Pompeo, I thought, did a much better job, or at least did a much better job of actually defending the foreign policy of the president he worked for, as opposed to operating some kind of independent uh, undermining operation. But what they did, what the Trump administration did, and again, I'll just go where the truth is. I'm not a Jared Kushner fan, but he was a part of this. So we give credit where credit is due, all right? What they did is they flipped the paradigm on its ear. The paradigm was under under Barack Obama, under George H. W. Bush, under George H.W. Bush, uh, and Bill Clinton. The, the paradigm was for decades, that the path to peace in the Middle East meant first we had to settle the Palestinian question. And that meant we had to triangulate Israel off of Arab countries we wanted to be friendly with. What the Trump White House did is they flipped that paradigm and they went to the Arab countries and said, and the Muslim countries and said, hey, do you want peace or do you want, uh, do you want, to, uh, uh, do you want to continue to fight over the Palestinian state? But you have to make that decision. We're taking the Palestinian question off the table. What's your other objection to peace? And so they flipped that paradigm on its ear that the, the way to peace was not through the Palestinian question, but going around that question altogether. That is another thing that if, if O'Biden becomes president in January, you will see them go back to the old paradigm that has proven not to work as well. Continuing a breathtaking look back on the year that was 2020, a transcendent year, a meta year. And we're going through Todd and Aaron's selections of the top 10 stories of the year. I mean, just look at the list we have so far. What's a woman? Is there life outside of planet Earth? Impeachment? Peace in the Middle East. I mean, this is, <laughs> that's only the first five. We have the top five stories of the year. Let's continue here on our final show of 2020 with number five. Number five, RBG to ACB. The country was rocked as right in the middle of one of the most contentious elections in one of the most contentious years in our lives. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away on September 18th. That kicked off a whirlwind succession effort as Trump quickly nominated Seventh Circuit Judge, Catholic mother of seven, Amy Coney Barrett, and she was confirmed on October 31st. In a year of extremes, the ideological shift from Ruth Bader Ginsburg to Amy Coney Barrett was right up there with the most extreme, especially on the issue of abortion, which, if the right case comes to the court, Barrett could be the deciding vote. There's no question this is one of the greatest judge-to-judge ideological swings in the modern history of the U.S. Supreme Court. And Given the existential stakes we play for every day at the Supreme Court these days, it, it, it could be among the greatest one-seat ideological swings in the history of this republic. What I will be interested to see, though, 
as someone that thought she should have been appointed the last time over Brett Kavanaugh and was excited to see her appointment this time is what we have seen and granted it is what a month basically she's been on the job for a month right right when there is a clear constitutional proviso at stake she has been cash money as we would have expected right but on the election challenges that have been brought before her so far she has been nowhere to be found and if she's a no on those i'd like to know why wouldn't you yeah of course i would i would like to know i respect her intellect i greatly supported her candidacy on the court and i still think um she is way ahead of the other two justices that trump nominated of the three but i would like to know because i respect her values and her intellect i'd like to know why she's been mia on that conversation Those are just my two cents. You? Well, the the consensus, whether it's her or anybody else, seems to be that the amount of disenfranchising of votes that the argument from the Trump uh, campaign wanted in exchange for the uh, amount of malfeasance that may or may not have happened mm-hmm. was just out of proportion to an acceptable reality that's what i keep seeing over and over and over again which i there's just been a perfect storm of stupid all this then all three of us in this room have thrown up our hands about this for close to a month now so i i pray that the rest of her career is um filled with less i can't imagine a more chaotic case to try to sort through than this even though the decisions may be very hard the the, what we're dealing with what's a man what's a woman what's a life yeah those are not imbued by the nonsense of and the same people that would burn the country down because they don't like your verdict on those are the same people that would do it if they don't like your verdict on this right yes and so that does give you pause as to is she going to stand in the gap on those kinds of questions then or is does she believe intellectually the case is weak i i I would like to know and the reason we make lifetime appointments to the supreme court is because they're supposed to be immune from the daily back and forth of the political prevailing winds right so she doesn't have to face voters i would like to i greatly respect her i would like to know if she thinks this is a canard and and why i'd like to know that I think she and others think that there may be a lot more there there than this administration has capably put forward. But when the remedy of this is literally overturning an election, none of us in this room can a straight face can look at each other and say the Trump administration consistently put forward an argument that could not be denied. I don't disagree with that, but if that's your hesitation understand that whatever desire there was from these people to get rid of trump this time they have a decades zealot zealot desire for the for the the taste of baby blood yeah 
So I, I would just stand in the game with, with that. You see what I'm saying? You see the yeah. argument, the, the correlation I'm drawing here. I do. Okay. That's why I want to know what her intellectual argument is. I want to know. Let's go to number four. Number four. Peaceful protests. Mm. On May 25th, Minneapolis police officers responded to a report of a bad check being written at the Cup Food convenience store in South Minneapolis. Officers found the suspect, 46-year-old convicted felon George Floyd, in a car. By now, you know the rest of the story. Floyd was uncooperative with the officers. The situation escalated, and Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin thought it was a great idea to kneel on Floyd's neck for upwards of seven to eight minutes. Floyd died. The autopsy revealed he was having drugs at the time of his attempted arrest. And before you could say boo, Minneapolis was up in flames along with scores of other cities around the country. The press, who for months had warned people to stay indoors and away from crowds, was quick to remind America that the George Floyd protests were peaceful even as a billion dollars in damage was done by vandals and looters across the country. And the name George Floyd largely disappeared and went away after the body cam footage came out. Make of that what you will. Number three. Number three. Big tech brother. Wrong think, double think. I must not tell lies. This year, we got a good dose of old Orwell in the form of big tech censorship. It began with the pandemic and Facebook, along with Twitter, doubling and tripling down on censorship of inconvenient information and views not approved of by the experts. Then with the election, it got even worse. Twitter and Facebook colluded to squash a story about Joe Biden's son, Hunter, from the New York Post. Twitter even went to the length of suspending the New York Post's Twitter account for weeks and outright blocked the link to the story. There could be a top 10 list on this story alone. There's no question about it. And I, I think that this is, mark it down. This story, this trend line is the greatest threat to the future of this country happening right now Be other than its spiritual demise. Because this is the end of knowledge. This is the end of epistemology, the end of truth, the end of contrarian critical thinking. You know, all of us are made in God's image, whether we are redeemed in the image of his son or not. We are all given a brain. We are all given critical thinking skills, correct? Yes. There's, there's general revelation of right and wrong that has been made all throughout the laws of nature and nature's God. And they're written on our hearts, right? Yes. So... Do we need, is it required for a society to have just laws and a somewhat balanced, healthy pursuit of knowledge? Is it required that um, born-again Christians hold a place of prominence in that society for that to occur? No. No. We have evidence of that, correct? Right. We, we, we have other historical societies where those things took place. Now, what we found is absence, absent that Christian influence, you saw Rome on one hand would um, pave the world. And then, on, and then would, you know, on the other hand, um, you know, have the gladiator games and great um, brutality and call it sport, right? 
and it was the Christian influence that ended that. But there has been, there has been the pursuit of, of knowledge and critical thinking outside of the Judeo-Christian framework in this world that has existed. What this will do is end that. You're talking about knowledge now becomes what's acceptable to get through their gateway. Not on the basis of whether something is true or not, but whether they're willing to allow you to communicate it as true or not. We're, we're talking about instead of Gutenberg discovering the printing press, elements within the church who were opposed to Luther discover it. And, and they've decided that anytime you challenge the tenets of the church or the infallibility of the Pope, you can't get printed. Your audience will be removed. That's what's going on here. Whoever controls the flow of information within a culture has control. This is, aside from the spiritual demise of the country, this is the greatest threat to the future of America, is this story. These people have all of our data. They sell it for trillions. And then maybe blackmail you with it, if they would like, if you get a little too squirrely. They then uh, make their corporations public, courtesy of a regulatory body that you and I subsidize, and make billions more. And then on top of all of that, so they accumulate a war chest that is just cannot be competed against. And then on top of that, then, they get to decide what you get to see. And, and the knowledge that you get to decide your, your decisions upon. That is a very, very dangerous combination. Let's get to number two. Number two. Tens of thousands of people in remarkably specific American counties don't know how to use the United States Postal Service. Apparently, mail-in voting was not a great idea. The states of Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and a few others all took their sweet time to, I mean, count the ballots they needed to put Joe Biden over the top in this November's presidential election. With ballots continuing to pour in in these states days after the election, we're left with only one conclusion. A remarkable number, a remarkable number of people in these remarkable specific locations must not know how to use the United States Postal Service. That's the only other explanation here. And I think I said this to the, the, the morning after the election, before I even got on my own show when I was on with Glenn Beck. And then I reiterated it the morning after on this show. Before we ever knew what a Dominion was or Sidney Powell moved from the Mike Flynn case to this or anybody knew who the hell a Lynn Wood was or any of that other stuff. Before we knew any of that, there were, it, was, it was a very simple choice. You have to believe that it just so happens and occurred in the half dozen counties that they needed to sway the election where they had total control of the process at every level of government. That they just, honestly, the people that live in Wayne County, Michigan, and Fulton County, Georgia, and Philadelphia County, PA, are just so mind-numbed and stupid that they didn't know how to mail in a ballot on time. 
They're just that dumb. And they all just voted, a whole bunch of them just voted for Biden and nobody else. Because he's just that much more popular than anybody else. And it just so happened to occur in these counties. That redneck Bob with his hold my beer in 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 rural in rural Mississippi, he understood when to mail his ballot in, right? Billy Bob understood when to mail in his ballot. Licked that stamp through his gap teeth, got it in. He knew. Billy Bob knew. Billy Bob knew when to mail in his ballot. But somehow, in Wayne County and Fulton County and these other places, they don't know a post post office. What is it? That is one option. The other option is, well, maybe there's a reason it just so happened to occur in these counties because they controlled the entire process. They could harvest ballots, dump them off. There's nobody to hold them accountable. And they've been getting away with these sorts of things for decades on multiple fronts. But it was one or the other. It is one or the other. Like the old uh, IBM two-minute warning commercial when we were kids, you make the call, America, because it, it's one or the other. There is no middle option. It is one or the other. Two largest counties in Wisconsin, Dane County, was able to get all their ballots in just fine. Milwaukee County, uh, what time's the mail start? I don't know. What's a stamp? Okay. You're just that dumb. You're too dumb to live then, I guess. Not too dumb to vote. Nine times. Anyway, let's get to number one. The number one story this year. Non-pharmaceutical interventions. The year was 1898. Author H.G. Wells, a graduate of the institution later known as Imperial College London, published his infamous fictional thriller, War of the Worlds. A few, a few years later, that work of fiction went on to create a one-night panic in the United States after Orson Welles adapted the story for radio broadcast. Fast forward to the year 2020, Neil Ferguson, an epidemiologist at Imperial College London, published another work of fiction called Impact of Non-Pharmaceutical Interventions, NPIs, to reduce COVID-19 mortality and healthcare demand. A few days later, that work of fiction went on to create an ongoing panic in the United States and around the world thanks to legacy and broadcast media. And yet here we are, almost a year after that March 2020 paper was published from Imperial College and all its disastrous recommendations are still being used, like harsh physical distancing protocols, quarantine for those not showing symptoms, and the closure of schools and universities. The paper estimated 2.2 million deaths in the United States by August of this year if the recommendations were not followed. I just look at that list and I think, I don't know if we're ever going to recover from this, from everything on that list. I don't know that we're ever, ever going to recover from 2020. And we are back with the final hour of 2020. 
part two of our year-end edition of the Steve Day Show here, live and on demand here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. If you missed part one, we got some rave reviews. I haven't had a chance to say this to you guys yet, but we have we received rave reviews for uh, the Day's Group year-end roundtable and Josh Hammer uh, and Paul Alexander. So uh, you can go back uh, over at blazetv.com slash Dace or subscribe to the podcast. If you subscribe to the podcast, by the way, uh, give us a five-star review while you're there. If you missed that, go and listen to that. We had a ton of fun with that. We ran out of time, so we had to do some bonus year-end uh, Dace Group in the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers on Friday. And now we complete our year in review. We just finished the top 10 stories of the year as selected by Todd and Aaron. Coming up in this hour, we're going to take a look back at the predictions I made the first show of every year. I always make 10 predictions for the new year. The last two years, my predictions have actually been pretty good. I've got like five or six of these right, which is outstanding. This year, they're all going to be pretty much wrong because we had a year that nobody really anticipated. So the the way we're going to look at those 10 predictions is if it weren't for COVID, do we think these things would have happened? All right, so we'll get to that here in just a moment. Also coming up in this hour, Aaron has selected the top five clips of the year, including the clip of the year. And then we are going to close the show with not the profit we need, but the profit we deserve. All that and more coming your way here in the final hour of the Steve Day Show. Don't forget, the buy button is back on at Amazon.com. You guys have bought so many of these books. We crashed the system. Let's do it again. I challenge you to do it again, and so do my kids, for Christmas next year. Plus, I think the book might be pretty good, too. All right, so uh, get your copy of my new book, A Nefarious Carol. It is available right now. Uh, They have copies back at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Thanks to all of you that have purchased a copy already. Uh, Please, if you like the book, if you had a chance to read it yet, listen to the Audible version. Uh, Leave us a five-star review. This isn't technically our final show of the year. It is the final Steve Day show of the year. But next week on Tuesday, December 29th and Wednesday, December the 30th, the three of us, we did this last year and had a ton of fun. The three of us will be filling in for Glenn Beck, which just goes to show how desperate they are to find backup help this time of year that after what we did to that show a year ago, guys, they're bringing us back. They're risking bringing us back. What do you think that says? So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance, yes. So we will be filling in for Glenn Beck on the 29th and 30th of December. We've got, uh, I got a couple things lined up yet. Uh, for those two days i'm looking forward to we'll tell you more about those uh, as the time draws nigh you can also email the show steve at stevedace.com again that's d-e-a-c-e like us on facebook like us on me we at steve dace follow us on twitter at steve dace show at steve dace on parlor and then there's our new youtube channel as well at youtube.com slash steve dace so i've not actually looked at this crystal ball list since last January when I published it and we ran with it here on the show because it was pretty clear by about Valentine's Day, if not the Ides of March, none of this is going down, right? But we believe in tradition, small t, on this show, okay? Um, And so it is always a tradition to do the reconciliation. How did my predictions from the year before, how did they do? Now, almost none of these, I'm guessing, are going to turn out to be right. 
So we'll look at the ones that were wrong through the lens of, if it weren't for this being a COVID year, could the way things were developing prior to March, could this have occurred? Is that fair? Otherwise, we would just sit here the whole time and like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. That, that, that's a really short conversation, right? Fair. It would have been entertaining. Yeah, you could, yes. Telling you wrong for five minutes, yes. 10 minutes. And you can, yeah. you, you can still do that. Okay, I'm not stopping you. All right. But I also want to, you know, I've, this a 30-minute segment here. All right. Value but, added. Yes. Yes. All right. So let us begin. All right. First prediction that I made for 2020 as we look back. Well, I got this one right. I predicted the Kansas City Chiefs would win the Super Bowl. They did do that. So I got that one right. Broke the Madden curse. I did. Patrick Mahomes. Or they did. Yeah, I didn't break the Madden curse, but they broke the Madden curse. So I got that one right. Why do I think that's going to be like the only one I'm going to get right out of these 10? Well. Because that's probably true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next. I predicted that Soul from Pixar would be the number one grossing movie at the domestic box office. No Star Wars movie this year. No, there was one Marvel movie this year, but with a character that people like, but in more of a supporting role. So I thought this would be the year that the big Pixar release, like a Toy Story, could resume, number one. Instead, that movie never got released in theaters. I believe it comes out on Disney+, Plus. I think Christmas Day or something. So... Yeah, this this that, could that one could that one have been number one, or were we still probably heading to like Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four being the number one movie of the year if we had had yeah, a non COVID year? These Pixar movies, I mean, they, there's a there's a much broader appeal than than even uh, Wonder Woman mm-hmm. or the superhero movies. So I I still tend to, and, and seeing I mean Tenet was released in in theaters, mm-hmm. um, and seeing kind of. It, it appeals to a very certain uh, individual, not a very broad appeal. So I still think this this would have been correct. Todd, what do you think? It seemed like a reach. Okay. One that is the one you want to, I mean, you're the betting guy. It's, you want to, speaking of value added, I mean, if you would have called this shot, people, most people I don't think would have done it. So I understand why you did it. Bold pick. I, I, th- I still felt like a reach. It seems like a little too esoteric. Fair. Of a film. Fair, but remember when they did that, what's the movie with the five emotions that people yeah. loved? That was a massive hit. Yeah. And I, what was it called? I can't remember what it was called now, but um, this seemed like the next hmm. uh, the next step to that, which was part of my analysis as well. So that changed your mind at all? Well, if it, if it pulled that off, like yeah, that movie that, did? That's what I thought it was going to do. Then it's kind of gets a call to personality, but I, I would need to, seeing is believing on that. Okay, how about a half? Yeah, I'll give you a half. Is sure. it a half point? Okay, is it a half point? I'm, yes. I'm negotiating yeah, yeah. all the help Scraps. I can get. And, and so Part of my half a dime. <laughs> and this is kind of sad. You know what I'm saying, though, as we go through this list to think of the year and the things that we could have had that we did not. Oh, yeah. Right? Don't get, no. Don't. I mean, you look at this. It's a good thing today was our year-end edition, our final part two. Because if it was not, I don't know if you guys get this way with your kids, those of you that are watching on Blaze TV or listening right now, uh, Blaze Radio or podcast, there's that initial anger where you might let them know what you think or raise your voice a little bit, right? But then there's that level of anger where you're just a rage. It's a seething. And, And the kids are like, Dude, mom, dad, they're not even going to yell at me right now. That's how mad they are. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. 
that is where I am today with the Debbie Burke story that came out last night. She went to Delaware with three generations of her family to visit one of her vacation homes. One of them. Now she's trying to say, we weren't there to celebrate Thanksgiving, but to winterize the house. But we're getting pictures of them sitting around. Looks an awful like I think an awful like Thanksgiving to me. You guys seen those pictures? Yeah. You guys winterize your house with uh, watching the kids play and drinking glasses of wine and Chardonnay. Is that how you guys winterize your homes? It's not a lie if you believe it, Steve. Exactly. Words are transgendered now. They mean yes, exactly. That is yeah. it. This, That's it. Yes. It, it, we keep coming back to that because it's the Rosetta Stone for everything else. But this is the same woman that told you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. And then afterwards said, if you did, if you got together with family, assume you've been exposed, you're infected, go get tested. Remember this? Yes. Yeah. Lockdown for me or for thee, but not for me. I'm so mad. Think of the proms. You won't get those back. The graduations. You're not getting those back. The funerals. Not getting those back. How about the moment you left a loved one alone in a hospital? Or in any kind of medical care? Because of with Deb, the likes of Debbie Burke. Debbie Burke says rot. How about the time in isolation of your elderly family members? We're not getting any of that back. None of it. Time is the one thing they're not making any more of. There's plenty of time for her to go with different generations of her household that live in different homes and mingle with them at Thanksgiving. But don't you visit your grandmother for Christmas. This is beyond hate. It's a rage. It's a seething. This is demonic. And if we weren't doing this special year-end edition of this show, I'd be saying some things over the course of these two hours about this today that might make this the series finale show. Because that's how mad I am. And that is how mad you should be. Leave your homes. Open your businesses. Open the churches. Be a responsible adult. Don't be a moron. Put the same precautions in place you would for a very bad flu season because that's what this is. Return America to the American people. Those that will not return it to you, take it from them. Take it from them. Claim what is yours. 
This is a republic if you can keep it. Keep it. It will not stop until you make it so. Make it stop. I will stop now because I am beyond angry. I I am I'm at tar and feather stage. So let's continue the look back at my crystal ball from a year ago. So I don't burn this place down. Just think a movie called Soul just did that to you. That's about perfect. <laughs> Number I'm, eight. By the way, I'm giving you two. Okay. Two. You give me two? Two out of two. Okay. Yeah. All right. Four different people in the first four states in the Democratic presidential primary to set off a free-for-all for the nomination. This was close. Three out of four. Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, and Joe Biden. Yeah, three out of four. That's pretty close. That's at least worth a half. 0.75. Yeah, 2.75. What do you think? I'll give you full points because it's that level of chaos that was some of the special sauce of the necromancy. Yep. Yes. We still don't know who won Iowa, frankly. It it could be four out of four. Maybe Elizabeth Warren won. We don't even know. We don't know who won the Iowa caucuses. And remember when that one guy drove his truck in from nowhere, Iowa, for Rick Santorum and how the media said, that's why we can't have any more Iowa caucuses. You remember that, right? Right? Sure. Notice that the Democrats can just flat out rig it in the open. And I don't see the media clamoring for the Iowa caucuses to end because of what the Democrats did. Did Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. The Republicans... Have a guy driving from nowhere, nowheresville in Iowa in a pickup truck to drop off some handwritten ballots. And suddenly this is just a cockamamie, asinine, uh, I like the way you handle your rig, trucker Glock, who wants it, process. And it's got to go, right? Democrats literally got the people who did the Obamacare website to rig up an app to rig the outcome of this. They just did an audit that just said this actually about a week or two ago. Dude, the Democratic side, it's just another day that ends in Y, right? All right. So, so far, we're actually doing pretty good. Yep. So far. Okay. Next. This is where things begin to go off the rails. For the first time since Kennedy Carter in 1980, there will be a truly brokered convention. I, even without COVID, I'm not giving you credit for this one because of the... The rallying that went play went on for Joe Biden. Yeah, I think was, it was you're right. Super Even without Tuesday. COVID, it wasn't going to happen because yeah. Super Tuesday was prior to COVID. Yep. You're exactly right. Yeah, this wasn't going down either way. Yeah, this was way off. Right now, in my defense, because you know I'm going to defend myself, it did seem like the logical next step well, if the first thing occurred, right? Yeah. Sure. But I would well, have never foreseen that they could do what exactly. they did in 48 hours. It, it took it took something just ridiculous like that for this to not yes. even be remotely possible yeah i mean it just goes to show that in their america their people literally are just lemmings for their media just lemmings for it i mean our people right now are killing each other over which fox news shows to still watch right but in the other side 48 hours before super tuesday joe biden's the guy i guess joe biden's the guy didn't he win minnesota or something a state he never even visited yep all right i mean by like 10 points or something ridiculous yeah okay so yeah this was never happening with or without COVID. So this one was wrong. Okay. Agreed. Let's continue. 
A move will be made to nominate Michelle Obama as a compromise candidate for president at the broker Democratic convention, which she will turn down. Now, there was some talk about her as a potential running mate, but I never believed that. But again, this this wasn't happening with or without COVID, right? Right. Okay. Because there's no way... See, I think COVID made it, whatever the hopes of of Michelle Obama as their dream candidate, if anything, I think COVID raised those odds because it meant that she wouldn't have to do any campaigning because Joe Biden didn't have to until after the second debate where she lost, right? Okay, so, but this, this this one was wrong and was never happening either, so. These were simpler times, right? All right, number five. The Democrats will nominate Bernie Sanders for president at their brokered convention. The correlated parlay is not really working out for them. No, this is no. I hope you tease this one down. By the way, I hope you guys, yeah, did you tease this one? Yeah, didn't bet this one straight up. No. Yeah, he's got some points with this one. I hit like a hundred dollar teaser parlay in the NFL yesterday, nice. so that was cool. Nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, this one. I love the this. I love this pick. I love though. I'll give you a half point just because it still remains. A fantastic pick because you you came a long way on the both the sand but definitely on the Sanders road but on the Buttigieg road too just accepting the reality. Yeah, I thought after New Hampshire he was inevitable. I was tweeting yeah. the Thanos graphic. Yes, I thought he was inevitable, but I never foresaw that they could pull off what they did for Joe Biden on Super Tuesday. I just that's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in modern American politics is what when they just marshaled all of their forces man they went valley of megiddo for joe all the media everything they had they just went all in we got to stop that guy over my shoulder right now he cannot be the nominee can't be so there you go all right so we're still at what three out of ten okay uh 2.75 all right uh number four uh, sanders will name nevada u.s senator Catherine cortez masto as his running mate. See, my problem with these is you mentioned the term correlated parlay. Because yeah. we were in an election year, I, you guys have never seen me have this many predictions play on other predictions before. But because we were in an election year, I just kind of felt like, well, if that were to happen, then, you know, blank would happen next, right? Okay. And so since the election didn't go the way that I thought I was going to go because of what happened on Super Tuesday and then with COVID, then this is like, you know, from Earth Nine. I mean, this this is an alternative I, dimension. I, with full context now, I'm I will still give you a half point, even though I ne- never had heard of her when you made this pick. I thought it was impossible, and it was, but it's still more possible than what actually happened. <laughs> yeah, Kamala Harris. Yep. <laughs> now this next one. This next one is bad. No. Okay. Number three. Sensing the Democrat Party is in disarray and unable to count on count on it to win conventionally. The so-called deep state will go all in to do whatever it takes to stop Donald Trump from winning elections and winning re-election, including unprecedented disruption of our foreign policy and economy. All the you, points. I'm giving you double double credit for all that. All the points. I, I, I stopped in the middle. I had for, See, I, I told you, I've not looked at these since January. I had forgotten about that prediction. I mean... I, wow. 
Wow. I mean, wow. We re- we wow. really predicted most of this. Yeah, we, we, we predicted on this show way before 2020 the thumb on the scale of Facebook and Twitter. We just didn't know it was going to be the full Orwell, but we we absolutely, this is the point about transgenderism too. Like you, you you're irresponsible if you don't make some kind of call like this you can't see necessarily specific how and when it's going to happen but the math is just one plus one equals two this is just a logical pick this is i would have been ashamed if you didn't make this pick on some level it's just like we talked about it's the slap in the face of really experience it you've you've been thinking and speaking prophetically ever since i've met you you've always been the one it's like even amongst the the conservatives conservative there you're always pissing them off you know if you got to go all the way to the bottom of the slippery slope here Mm -hmm. and they're like oh can't we just go do a book deal or something like that Mm -hmm. i mean this is the point of all this this couldn't but not happen if you were just paying attention on some level the only thing is figuring out you know coronavirus who can call that shot but Mm -hmm. Something crazy was coming. We all knew it in this room. We all knew it. I think, and the reason this is prediction number three and not number one, and what I'm guessing what'll come will undermine this somewhat, but I never suspected that A, Trump would play into it. That, that he would, oh yeah, let's just shut the country down and like, okay, and here's all the evidence that we should reopen it, but let's, I, just, I also never anticipated, and this is the thing, and I'll get into this more in the overtime today, but this is the most discouraging thing in my career right now. It is not the existential stakes we are playing for. As you just pointed out, I, I've been trying been, to play yeah. for these existential stakes my entire career. Right. It's that I never... I don't know what to do when we'll just take it. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Well, we fired off a tweet. Well, we watched Tucker Carlson's monologue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, that I don't know what to do when we're just like, okay, we'll just, we'll just take it then, I guess. We'll just put up with it. We'll just tolerate it. I guess I'll just, I guess I'll just stay home. I'll just take 600 bucks. Remember I said last week the dumbest thing Republicans could do was to pass that big pork bill and then not give people money? This right. is actually dumber. This is uh, I couldn't foresee they'd do something dumber, which is we're going to pass a massive pork bill, but then give the people half the money we gave them the last time? I mean, this is even dumber. Now you've, there aren't, there's almost no limited government voters left in America, but they all work for conservative media. So now you're getting hammered by your own media. And you're still a bunch of racist, xenophobic, misogynistic bigots because you only sent people 600 bucks. You gave them half of what they got the last time and before Christmas. I mean, this is just beyond stupid. And that I never anticipated we would just be like, oh, I guess my business has to stay closed. Hey, boo boo. Smarter than the average bear. I guess I can't have my church open, I guess. Well, man, that sucks. I'll just wait for the Supreme Court to tell me it's okay. I don't even know what to do with that, man. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the antidote to that is. There isn't one. Don't fool yourself. There isn't. I mean, we're at the point, dude, we're not even killing profits anymore. It's just like, oh, yeah, that Isaiah guy's funny. Anyway, hey, let's go throw our kids back into the uh, in, 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 you know, into, into the Molech pit again. Right after I watch out my balls. Yeah. I don't... That's, that's where Isaiah, like, 
don't you guys like want to stone me? No. Oh, it's funny. Whatever, dude. <laughs> cool. 5,000 G. Pour one out for Isaiah. <laughs> Isn't that where we are? Yes. What do you do with that? Nothing. What if like all 10 spies had come back from Canaan? Oh, there's nothing we do. No, they're all too big. The, 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 would the Israel thing have just ended right there? I mean, what if like there were no Joshua and Caleb, but all 10 came back and were like, when's all my balls on? Leave me alone. I'm baiting. Right? That's the thing I just, I don't even know what to do with that. I still get emails. People want to push back on me. I, I haven't checked my inbox yet today, but there's like 30 of you that have been pushing back on me about what a great guy Bill Barr is. What if you're still going to be sending me those notes today? That part, I don't know what to do with. Like if I coming at me with aggression, I mean, I know what to do. I, I, I got it. I'm in. Indifference, though, I don't know what to do with that. I, I don't know when you're like, I just can't be bothered. Okay. Well, then. <laughs> All right, man. Whatevs. Right? Yeah. That's the most frustrating thing in my career right now is that. We're finally, now we're going to finally have the debates that, as you put it, I've been called a freak and a purist and an obstructionist and blah, blah, blah. And who's that D guy in Iowa? My whole career. We're now going to finally discuss the things I've warned everybody for years are really what we need to be discussing. And now that we're here, people are like, hey, did you watch Lindsey Graham promise to get to the bottom of the deep state on Hannity last night? That was great. Number two. Iran and North Korea will form a formal strategic alliance whose primary intent is to destabilize U.S. foreign policy across the globe. They didn't have to. It was called coronavirus. So moving on. Number one, Donald Trump will be reelected president with more popular votes and electoral college votes than he won the last time. Well, he did get 10 million more. Yeah. I'm giving Popular you votes. 0.33 points here. And he would have won more electoral college votes if we uh, didn't count uh, vote drops at 4 a.m. in numerous states, right? You actually did better this year than Th you This thought. wasn't as bad as I, no. I thought it was actually going to be dreadful. It's not good, but I mean, I thought it was just going to be like, hide your kids, hide your wife, because, you know, we're mocking everybody up in here. By my math, you got over 50%. Wow. 5.08 points. That's not bad. Well, you rallied. You rallied. That number three, man. That should have been number one. But I, I guess the mistake I made is I assumed when the threat level raised, we would rise to the threat level. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I didn't think we would be like... We Netflix hey, what do you think chill, about? Man. What do you think about Tiger King? Yeah. I didn't think we'd do that. That, that thing I didn't think we'd do. I guess, though, I should have seen it coming. When you and I were teenage boys, we went to pornography, and young men, we went to pornography when we couldn't get women. This generation of young men goes to pornography instead of women, right? Yeah. I just want to get an instant release, and then I'm done. Thank you. Like, I don't, I don't care if the real thing is that much better. I don't want the responsibility. I don't want anything that goes along with that. Seems like work. Yes. 
Yeah, so it's not just um, some frustrated teenager whose hormones are out of control and I'm scared to approach girls, so I'm stealing my dad's penthouse stash. No, this generation of young men goes to pornography instead of women. It prefers the porn to the actual thing. I guess I should have seen it coming. I should have stopped at number three and I should have said, we won't rise to that level. We won't do it. Well, we believed part of the lie, at least part of it, that we've been talking about. Doesn't you, we're, Remember, we're better than that? Mm-hmm. You've, you've heard this from how many people you respect about yep. this moment in time, and it's got to... Normal's coming back. We got to fight. They keep convincing themselves that the slippery slope isn't bottomless. A non-binary, mentally ill human being who considers himself living in occupied land is helping to oversee the the vaccine distribution program for the CDC. Repeat after me. We are not better than that. Repeat after me again. Total depravity. Total. Total depravity. All right, our top five clips of the year, and then we close it out with not the profit that we need, but the profit that we deserve. Next. This is it. The final segment of 2020. Yeah, we're going to fill in for Glenn Beck uh, before the end of the year. But we won't be back on this show after today until Monday, January the 4th. And that's when we will unveil the official show slogan for 2021. We will be meeting as a team after this show and having some of those conversations after the program, in fact. And, And then I'll have my top 10 predictions for 2021. And we'll be off and running, but that's after a couple of weeks off for the holidays. So let's close things out here. Our top five clips of the year, as selected by you, Aaron. We'll begin with this dude. Our numbers are increasing, and everybody has to be aware of that. And then we need to, you know, stay home if you can. Do everything you can to try to, to keep the numbers down. That is Austin Mayor Steve Adler. Now, why did I choose this clip? Well, oh yeah, he's sitting at his timeshare in Cabo that he <laughs> arrived at by taking a private jet, as I understand, for his daughter's wedding. And of course, no one, no one should be mad at him for doing that in a typical year. But he's telling us to stay home while he's sitting at his timeshare. And the reason I, I could have p- picked Nancy Pelosi walking through the hair salon, I, I could have picked any number of clips here. But you listen to his voice. He sounds like this. Uh, you guys need to stay home, okay? The numbers are rising at an alarming pace. That's the guy who's ruining your life. That's the guy who's ruining the business owner who can't open or reopen their store because they're listening to him while he goes on his nice little trips to Cabo. That's why I chose that 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 clip. Yeah, apparently nobody does oppose him. I mean, so kneel, kneel before Zod, you plebs. You're doing it anyway. Just keep doing it. You were made to be ruled. I mean, no one does oppose him. He's not even alone. We could just done have clips of of, yep. of of these of these sorts of bureaucratic hypocrites over and over and over again. 
Every other generation of Americans, we would have had to stop posses from going all vigilante on people like this. Yes. Okay. In this generation of Americans, it's just like, dude, man, what you think of last night's Tiger King? I, okay. Cool. I guess. This is what. See, this is what the Chinese figured out. What the Chinese figured out is if you give human beings a certain amount of trinketism, they'll let you do whatever they want to them. Especially if they're separated spiritually from a narrative larger than themselves. Just don't deny the things that human nature wants. Give it to them. Give it to them. That's what the Chinese figured out. And that's why they demonstrably increased their power post Tiananmen Square for the 30 years after that. They figured out let you guys go see a Marvel movie and enjoy the era of technology we're in and you'll do whatever we say. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Number four. This one's a classic. Oh, yeah. I, I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. But fires have been started. That's just a scene out of a Naked Gun movie, guys. <laughs> that happened live on the air. Nobody's ashamed. Everybody's back on the air the next day, right? With the same narrative over and over again. And if you had taken the Proud Boys... The who are the what who are claimed to be the Antifa equivalent of the right? I I guess I, I don't know I, anything about are, them. Yeah, so okay. I'm not saying that they are, but I'm I'm that guy would say so. Yes. So let's say that instead of Antifa and BLM doing it, it was them, and the same level of mostly peaceful carnage was going on the fire and everything that guy instead of saying mostly peaceful would saying and i'm pretty sure donald trump came down here and started the fire himself yeah yeah that there's it's to steve's point about there's just no truth there is nothing that won't be spun in the name of whatever advantage is required. Why would they stop? Where, they, who's who's held accountable for this on any level? That's my point. I don't see, I can't Every see. day in America is the Al Pacino speech at the end of The Devil's yeah. Advocate. Every day. So Every how, day is John Milton's rant at the end of that movie. Every day. So how does this end without violence? That's my fear. Number three. Spirit of the age summed up in one video. <laughs> Oh, yes. She's a teacher in a Subaru. So a guy you wouldn't let be your water boy sits at his posh timeshare in Cabo telling you to stay home. And you do. You stay home. And a woman who's a terrible caricature of every teacher union in America goes full Karen Zilla. 
she rant and raves and you just stay home. Okay. Again, I don't I don't know what to do with that. Do you guys know what to do with that? Efforting in 2021 because we're going to have to do something yeah. about it. Yeah. Number two. This is some guy from the Department of Justice. I still don't know his name. Just totally emblematic of the mask holes. The Branch Covidians. He puts his mask on backstage for a grand total of about three seconds as he walks up to the podium to speak to the media when he takes it off. Tar and feather. Tar and feather. Tar and feather. Or the other option is cable news contributor. Cable news contributor. Another option, New York Times bestselling author. New York Times bestselling author. That's another option. Or guest on The View. Guest on The View. Another option. But I like my first choice. Tar and feather. Aaron, number one. There's really no other choice. Like I said on the Day's Group Roundtable Friday, that's a portrait of the year. Is that clip? That is a portrait for the year. That clip. That's it right there. It's, Who is... We couldn't get Genghis Khan. Attila the Hun. Philip of Macedonia. Alexander the Great. Cyrus the Mede. Nebuchadnezzar. Xerxes. Oh my God. This, this be deed to has a higher T-level than Lindsey Graham, mayor of Austin. Debbie and her bedazzled face shield Burks. Anthony, I, sh I got a swirly every day in high school, Fauci. We got, we had those guys. We, I don't mind being conquered. I'd prefer it, but every great society eventually faces these moments, right? I'm just very much insulted at who was sent to put us down. I, I thought we deserved a better class of dictator than this. But clearly, Todd, I was wrong. It's cosmic in its implications. You remember that? I mean, Northwestern, man, that Northwestern defense can just flat out hit now. But back in the day, when we'd be routing them at their student section, it's all right, it's okay, hey, you're hey, going to work ho. for us someday. Yeah, that's right, yeah. The, it's okay you're gonna work for us someday the lack the greeks used to believe in a fundamental mind body soul you know you you, you it was you went to the academy and uh, you, you know learning uh geometry and and understanding what was under the stars and going out and the olymp you know the the precursor of the olympics there's 
the total man. That is what we got. It's way more than a punchline that he can't throw the ball the 60 feet, six inches to home plate. It's way more about that. It's all of his deviance is overcompensating for his grotesque inadequacy in so many other parts of life. Could use a little Christmas right now. You know what we need? Take it away, Tatiana McGrath. That's what we need. Not the, not, not, not the prophet. What you're about to see is not the prophet we need. But very much, we close 2020 out with the profit that we deserve. This is the parody account. Tatiana McGrath, we have talked to its rightful owner, the person behind, the genius behind this account before. It's a him. He's a British uh, comedian, uh, social commentator, and he's brilliant. A couple of days ago, he posted this thread I want to share with you now. Many people scoff at my progressive ideas and predictions, but eventually they always come true. So I thought I'd start compiling a list of every time I was ahead of the curve. On on December 22nd, 2018, I called for biological sex to be removed from birth certificates. On December 17th, 2020, the New England Journal of Medicine concurred. On October 1st, 2019, I suggested that young women should be encouraged to travel alone in rural Pakistan. On October 12th, 2019, Forbes magazine concurred. On September 19th, 2018, I criticized Julie Andrews, a.k.a. Mary Poppins, for chimney soot blackface. On January 28th, 2019, the New York Times concurred. On March 7th, 2019, I published my book, Woke, in which I argued that skyscrapers are oppressive phallic symbols. On July 6th, 2020, The Guardian concurred. On January 22nd, 2019, I called for the Oscars to prioritize diversity, such as most feminist picture, most woke screenplay, least predatory male, etc. On June 12th, 2020, the Oscars concurred. On June 6th, 2019, I demanded an option to mute white males. On July 14th, 2020, Instagram concurred. On August 29th, 2019, I urged parents to give their newborn babies numbers instead of names. And on May 6th, 2020, Elon Musk concurred. On May 2nd, 2020, I criticized the NHS for appropriating the LGBTQ rainbow flag on May 6th, 2020. Forbes magazine concurred. On December 21st, 2018, I wrote an article to endorse fighting with relatives during the holiday season. On November 28th, 2019, The Nation concurred. On March 7th, 2019, I published my woke, my book, I published in my book, Woke, in which I called out Helen Keller for her white privilege. On December 15th, 2020, Time Magazine concurred. How many more of these are there? That's it. I think that's enough. Strange days indeed. Um, we are on 
a razor's edge as a society. And I think what makes this, if it, if it goes down, one of the most, if not the most disappointing implosions, cultural implosions, great power implosions in human history is that and you could argue in a lot of those other cultures the people really didn't have the power to stop it from happening right you know one of the things lord nefarious talks about in a nefarious plot is what made america much more difficult to conquer is that other great powers if you just corrupted the few elites that ran the show they just brought everybody down the society down with them I mean, if you're a peasant farmer in in rural Russia, there's really nothing you can do about whatever the hell's going on inside the Kremlin with Tsar Nicholas II and Rasputin, right? You're you're totally and completely beholden to them, right? Right. What made this difficult in America, though, is that the people were empowered. So that if and when a few of the elites or a caste or a class of elites lost their damn minds... They would just be losing their damn minds on their own and pay the penalty and price for it on their own. This, this threatens to be the first culture that has ever gone down. Despite the fact the people themselves were empowered to do something about it. And just didn't. Now I know for a lot of you, this feels overwhelming. And yet, we're going to break here today and spend the next couple of weeks celebrating the fact that in God's vocabulary, overwhelming doesn't exist. Unless we're talking about it in the context of the overwhelming force of His will. That when we could not get to heaven, God, through his son, brought heaven down to us. There is nothing impossible if you believe in the story of Christmas and then its culmination at Easter. But that's the question, isn't it? That's the disclaimer in the equation. Do we believe? Are we that people anymore? In the coming year, we will find out. Merry Christmas, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.